Welcome back to Your Voice First Podcast, where we discuss the latest in blockchain, Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, and the creator economy. Today, we're going to be taking a look at ERC-1155, which is a token standard that mixes both fungible tokens and non-fungible tokens. ERC-1155 are great for applications such as games and any sort of platform that deals with both non-fungible assets such as swords, shields, pieces of art, songs, etc., as well as ERC-20 fungible assets like gold, silver, and other fungible tokens. Let's get started. Our first guest is Zengel from Crush Crypto to discuss Ethereum ERC token standards. Most people are familiar with the big ICO boom and bust that happened a couple years ago where people were spinning up lots of ERC-20 tokens. And a lot of people are familiar with the NFT boom that we're seeing right now, which is centered around ERC-721 tokens. Now, there's a lot of other token standards out there and interfaces for creating tokens. Some are fungible, some are non-fungible, some are uh, interfaces that are built on top of fungible and non-fungible tokens, and to introduce some of those other token standards, here is Crush Crypto. ERC-20 is a token standard that was first proposed by Vitalik Buterin in June of 2015. It is a simple interface that allows for the creation of tokens on Ethereum that can be reused by other applications, from wallets to decentralized exchanges. It is currently the most commonly used standard for Ethereum-based tokens, and it was a token of choice for many ICOs between 2016 and 2018. The ERC-20 standard contains six key functions that must be implemented to meet the standard. These are total supply, balance of, transfer, transfer from, approve, and allowance. ERC-20 tokens are relatively easy to create, a main reason for their popularity. As of December 1, 2018, there are already more than 150,000 ERC-20 contracts deployed on the Ethereum blockchain. Some of the most valuable ERC-20 tokens include Binance Coin, ZeroX Protocol, and Omega Go, with market caps ranging from $200 million to $700 million. ERC-721 is a token standard that defines non-fungible tokens on the Ethereum blockchain. Fungibility is a characteristic of a good or commodity where the individual units are identical and interchangeable. For example, US dollars are fungible because any dollar bill can be replaced by another one and they both represent the same thing. ERC-20 tokens are also fungible. Let's say I create an ERC-20 token with a ticker CC. If I replace one CC with another CC from a different wallet, there would be no tangible difference. The ERC-721 standard was introduced to allow anyone to create tokens on Ethereum that are completely unique. No two ERC-721 tokens are alike and they can be thought of as a one-of-a-kind collectible. ERC-721 tokens can be used to represent ownership over assets, and the use cases are just starting to be explored. This includes physical assets such as land, houses, or unique art, and virtual assets like digital collectibles. For example, CryptoKitties is a project that uses ERC-721 tokens, and it gained mainstream attention in 2017 and 2018. CryptoKitties is an online game where users can collect and breed virtual cats that are unique in appearance and traits. Each kitty is represented by an ERC-721 token, which means they are one of a kind and can never be replicated, 
taken away from their owner, or destroyed. As of December 1st, 2018, there have been more than 480,000 sales of CryptoKitties, totaling over $27 million. The game's traffic was enough to slow down the entire Ethereum blockchain in late 2017, proving that digital collectibles are a popular use case for ERC721 tokens. ERC-223 is a standard that defines a type of token similar to ERC-20 with added functionality. If ERC-20 tokens are sent to a smart contract not built to work with the ERC-20 standard, those tokens will be inaccessible forever. To solve this issue, ERC-223 contains a method called token fallback, which ensures tokens are only sent to contracts with the appropriate functionality. ERC-777 is another standard attempting to improve upon the ERC-20 token. It defines advanced features, including operators to send tokens on behalf of another address, and offers users more control over their tokens. ERC-1155 is an interface that allows smart contracts to manage multiple token types. A deployed contract may include any combination of fungible tokens, non-fungible tokens, or other types of tokens. ERC-1337 is a token standard for recurring subscriptions on the Ethereum blockchain. This standard focuses on interoperability, allowing wallets to sign into recurring payment contracts and providing the appropriate user interface for managing and canceling subscriptions. I like how Crush Crypto spent the majority of the time talking about ERC-20 tokens and ERC-721s, which are the base level building blocks that kind of every other uh, ERC standard leverages. She then listed ERC-223 and ERC-777, which are both fungible tokens that just add different levels of security and functionality to ERC-20 fungible tokens. Then she focused on ERC-1155, what we're interested in an interface that allows smart contracts to manage multiple token types. A deployed contract may include any combination of fungible tokens, non-fungible tokens, or other types, i.e. both ERC-20 and ERC-721 tokens. Up next, we're zooming in on the ERC-1155 token standard. Here is Block Geeks to tell us more. The ERC-1155 token standard allows the creation of fungible, semi-fungible, and non-fungible tokens in one single token standard. This makes ERC-1155s a sort of combination of the more popular ERC-20 and ERC-721 tokens. What this means is that both fungible and non-fungible tokens can be created within the same standard. So you might wonder why this is useful. Pokemon cards and Canadian dollars aren't combined, and they probably shouldn't be. So what's the aim of tying the code of currencies and collectibles together? The main reason is gaming. Video games typically have both currencies and collectibles. You buy a sword with all your hard-earned gold, or you sell your shiny new shield for gold to then buy a potion. Video games are rife with transactions like these, and using two different standards like ERC-20 to handle gold and ERC-721 to handle swords, shields, and potions can be difficult and unwieldy. When you have two separate code standards exchanging and interacting, it can get messy behind the scenes. ERC-1155 also allows for a single smart contract to handle all the tokens, rather than at least two for ERC-20 and ERC-721. On the Ethereum blockchain, efficiency in smart contract construction and transaction minimization are everything for developers. You don't want to spend hundreds of dollars deploying your code, and your users don't want to spend hundreds of dollars to mess around with it. The more streamlined you can get when building your backend, the better, and ERC-1155 is a huge help with that. 
But beyond games, there are many other real-life scenarios that make use of both fungible and non-fungible items. For example, digital content and artwork. There's only one original The Scream in the world. If Edvard Munch were alive and a blockchain enthusiast, he could make it a unique, non-fungible ERC-1155 token. At the same time, he could also sell less valuable print versions of The Scream as fungible ERC-1155 tokens. In this case, ERC-1155 allows for accessibility, simplicity, and efficiency on the artist's side and the buyer's side. Whether or not your blockchain use case needs fungible, non-fungible, and semi-fungible items, it's always good to have the capability to offer these tokens in a single standard. At the end of the day, merging the two makes a lot of sense and will save both developers and users a lot of time and money. Block Geeks did an amazing job talking about ERC-1155, especially the two examples they gave both in gaming and in art. On the gaming side, I think we're starting to see this problem hitting a lot of L2 solutions that are leveraging wrapped ETH or other wrapped tokens, where you've got ERC-721s in the game, such as uh, swords and shields and armor, any sort of ERC-721 unique asset that you might own as a gamer. And then to actually buy or sell those items, you then you would sell your armor for gold inside of the game or for wrapped ether if you're talking about a platform. And now typically what you would do is you would need to do three steps if you're uh, wanting to sell that NFT and trade it for an ERC-20 token. You would have to talk to the ERC-20 contract and get approval to spend their ERC-20 token. Then you would check the balance of their ERC-20 token to make sure that they have a balance to actually pay for that. And then finally, they would make a transaction with the ERC-721 smart contract to uh, exchange the NFT for the ERC-721 for the fungible tokens, the ERC-20s. But what we're seeing with the ERC-1155 is that we can do everything in one smart contract. Instead of having to interact with one smart contract to talk to the, the gold in-game, and then another smart contract to talk to the NFTs, the in-game items, we can do it all from one smart contract, which is gonna save transaction costs, um, which at the end of the day is going to benefit the gamers. The players will have to do less transactions, and uh, the more transactions that a gamer does, the higher cost. So the less transactions a gamer does, the more they get to keep of their money and the less that goes to waste just to running transactions. Our final guest is Julian from Eat the Blocks to dive into the developer docs of EIP-1155 to discuss the interface and some of the methods included in this token standard. He is referencing directly from the Ethereum proposal, EIP-1155, so I will also include a link to this uh, Ethereum proposal in the show notes so that if you want to go to Ethereum's website and read more about this token standard, just check the show notes. Here is Julian. Hey, hey, this is Julian and you are on Eat the Blocks. And in this video, I'm going to explain what is ERC-1155. So with ERC-20, you can represent fungible assets. And with ERC-721, you can represent non-fungible assets. 
but sometimes there are several ERC20 token or several ERC721 or even a combination of both that are related. For example, in collectible games like CryptoKitties, so you can have your character but also some accessories. Or for events, you can have different categories of seating economy, premium, etc. And that will force you to deploy many ERC20 token and many ERC721 token. And that's a bit complicated to manage all these different smart contracts. So it would be really nice if you could manage all these assets in a single contract. And that's exactly what ERC1155 does. So with ERC1155, you can have any combination of fungible and non-fungible assets. So it's a sort of combination between ERC20 and ERC721. So you identify each asset with a token ID, like for ERC721. However, unlike ERC721, you are not restricted to an amount of one for each asset. So if an asset has an amount of one, that's a non-fungible asset. Otherwise, that's fungible. You are free to have any combination you want. All right, let's see the Solidity interface. So first, let's start by the most important function, safe transfer from, which is used to transfer token. So in the case of ERC1155, they would, so you use it both for delegated transfer and for normal transfer. So when you transfer a token, like for ERC721, you need to specify its ID. And you can also forward some data to the recipient if this is a smart contract. In all cases, it required that if the recipient is a smart contract, it implements the receiver interface of ERC1155. So your recipient smart contract has to implement these two functions on ERC received and on ERC1155 batch received for batch transfer. And for each of these functions, the recipient smart contract can also receive some additional data here. And that leads me to the other transfer function, save batch transfer from, that allow you to transfer several tokens at the same time. So you'll specify an array of recipients and an array of token ID. So the recipient can be different addresses or the same one. For example, in the case of a character in a game, then you can have a set of accessories that belong to the same character and you want to transfer them all at once. So next, to get the balance of an address, we have two functions, balance of and balance of batch. So the first one, balance of, gives you the token balance for a specific token ID and a specific Ethereum address. And for the other function, balance of batch, it's the same thing, but you can specify an array of owners and also an array of token IDs. So that's very useful if you want to have the balance of all the tokens owned by a specific address. And finally, there are two functions related to third-party transfer. So with ERC1155, you can allow an other Ethereum address to spend all your token on your behalf. So you will call this set approval for all function. You will specify who is the address allowed to spend a token on your behalf. And if you want to approve it for the second field, you pass the Boolean value true. Otherwise, if you want to revoke the approval, then you pass false. And you can also know if an address has been approved by an owner by calling his approval for all. And once an operator has been approved, he will call the save batch transfer from function or the save transfer from function. And next, there is an optional interface for ERC1155. So that's the metadata interface. 
So in this extension, you have a single function that takes as argument a token ID and it returns a string, which is a URL that's going to return a JSON document with all the metadata of the token. So in the ERC-1155 specification, there is a description of the structure of this JSON document. So you can have a name, a description, an image and all this stuff. But the point is that you will define the metadata of your tokens outside the blockchain. Also, you will notice that there is no global metadata for the whole ERC-1155 token. So there is no name function, no symbol function, no decimals. This is managed individually for each token and outside the blockchain. When Julian took us into the actual developer docs and looked at the functionality, it helped me to wrap my head around how this actually looks in implementation. The first couple guests that we had on talked more high-level theory and examples, but Julian brought it into the concrete. Here's the actual methods. You've got a transfer function, you've got a batch transfer function, you've got a balance of function, and some key things to note about ERC-1155 that's different from uh, ERC-721 and ERC-20. From an ERC-721 perspective, uh, for NFTs, the balance of function for NFTs just gives you the balance of the number of distinct ERC-721 tokens that you have. But with an ERC-1155, the balance of function includes an additional parameter of ID so that you can pass in an ID of each of the tokens and that it'll actually give you a count of each of the tokens uh, that you have of each of the IDs that you input. So a little bit different balance of function compared to what you get with the ERC-721 token standard. And for ERC-20s, um, unlike an ERC-20, the ERC-1155 lacks a decimals field since each of the token is distinct and cannot be partitioned. So unlike a normal ERC-20 that can be infinitesimally divided, you can take one ETH and divide it up into super small pieces and each of those is still the same. Uh, there's no decimals inside of an ERC-1155, so you can't divide a fungible piece of gold into a 0.5 piece of gold. It has to stay into singular, singular whole integer units. An example that Open Zeppelin has is a constructor where a new game, a new player enters a game, and then they are minted five different items. Now, mint is typically a function that's used in ERC-721. However, it looks like Open Zeppelin is using it to create both uh, the fungible and the non-fungible assets for the ERC-1155. The first thing that the contract issues is, so the new player joins the game and then the contract issues them uh, 10 to the 18th power gold. So gold is a fungible token and we issue a heck of a lot of gold. It then the second line issues silver um, and it issues 10 to the 27th power of silver. So silver is also a fungible token because there's more than one of it. After that, it issues one Thor's hammer. So this time it only issues one Thor's hammer. So Thor's hammer is a non-fungible token. It then issues 10 to the 9th power sword. That's a little confusing me because I, I typically envision a sword as a non-fungible asset, but 
fungible assets, there needs to be one of one, whereas this was defined as 10 to the ninth power. And then finally, uh, they are issued 10 to the ninth power shields. So in this case, there are four fungible tokens, gold, silver, sword, and shield. And then there's one non-fungible token of Thor's hammer. In this case, we did not have to interact with one smart contract for gold, one smart contract for silver, one smart contract for swords, and one smart contract for shields, as well as one smart contract for Thor's hammer, we were able to issue all of those different tokens to the player with one single smart contract transaction. And that is the biggest benefit of using an ERC-1155. If you have any questions, check out the show notes. I've included a lot of resources, including every guest we had on the podcast today, the original episodes, as well as documentation from both Ethereum and Open Zeppelin. Thank you for tuning in. This is Sweets, signing off.